0: You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation.
1: Okay, Manica, next is a 1972 (laughs) Ford Pinto. On it. And there. Impeccable. Look, there's even a little radio antenna. Okay, Eiffel Tower, go. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, There. Ooh la la, I feel like I'm in gay Paris. Okay, this one is really tough. Tennis superstar Venus Williams in the year 2000, the exact moment she won at Wimbledon, making her the first black woman to do so since Althea Gibson in 1958.
2: Gosh. Okay, hold on. Almost have it... Wait, one more thing. There. Wow. You
1: even caught the beads of sweat on her forehead? Truly amazing, Manica.
2: Wow, you are so ready for this. Hey, Santa and Mark and uh, Wait, why are all these sheep here? Whoa, these sheep are shaped into such super showy shapes. Manica is practicing for a sheep shearing school.
3: Yeah, sculpting sheep shags into showy shaves is a section of my sheep shearing school scholarship.
2: Whoa, is that tennis superstar Venus Williams the moment she won at Wimbledon, making her the first black woman to do so since Althea Gibson in 1958? Shaved from a sheep's wool? Sure is. You know,
1: Manica, I am so psyched you're sailing off for sheep shearing school in Sheffield. Sheep shearing is such a surefire show-stopping skill. But
2: I'm shad. I mean, sad you'll be leaving us.
1: Shame here. I I mean, same here.
2: We chipped in and got you this going away present. Here. Oh, wow. A new scooter and a fresh set of yoga togas. Yeah, we hope they'll make you think of us when you're showing up to shore up your sheep shearing skills at sheep shearing school. school.
3: (laughs) Don't forget
1: to write.
2: <laughs> and email, <laughs> and send
1: text, <laughs> and wills, and selfies, <laughs> uh, and postcards, and, and telegrams, <laughs> and Morse code, and uh, carrier pitches.
2: <laughs> oh, I will. I'll keep in touch. And here, I wanted to leave you with something, too. Hold on one sec. There. Oh my gosh, is that you? Shaved into the shag of a shaggy sheep? Wow, our
1: very own sheep shag sculpture of Manica. I love it.
2: Just make sure to
3: feed and water the sheep it's attached to. Well, I better ship off to sheep shearing school soon. One more hug. Good luck out there, Manica.
2: Yeah, now go show that sheep shearing school what a sheep shearing sharpshooting superstar you surely are. Will do. See you later, brains on. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm your host, Molly Bloom, and I'm joined by Uma from Ojai, California. Oh, hi, Uma. Hi. We are so happy to have you here today. So today's episode is all about how we're connected to stars, and it was inspired by this question from Ramona.
1: My name is Ramona from Lexington, Kentucky. My question is, how are we related to stars?
2: I love this question. And Uma, I heard that you want to become an astronomer, mm-hmm. someone who studies space yeah. when you're a grown up. Can you tell me more about what got you interested in space?
0: Sure. I want to become an astronomer because I have so many questions that I want to answer.
2: How did you first get interested in space and stars?
0: My mom and dad got a space book for me, and I really like the concept of life on a different planet. And I hope that someday we can land on Mars and live there. And so have you heard about supernovas? Yeah. So they usually occur when, uh, like, a giant or supergiant star explodes and dies.
2: You're totally right. So when you think about supernovas, how what do you think about them? I think it'd be cool to witness one. Before we get to answering Ramona's question about how we're related to stars, let's review what stars are.
0: Stars are giant balls of burning gas that float out in space.
2: They start to form when gravity pulls clouds of dust and hydrogen together. As all that dust and hydrogen piles on, pressure and heat start to build.
0: And soon, all that pressure transforms the hydrogen into helium, which creates a bright, shining star. Tis I, a star! See how I twinkle? See how I sparkle? It's totally cool if you're in awe of
2: me.
4: I'm amazing!
2: Voila! A star is born. And stars burn off lots
0: of light and heat. So much light that we can see them even from really, really, really far away. Hello to all my adoring fans out there across the vastness of space:
2: It can be hard to wrap your head around it, but some stars are trillions and trillions of miles away.
0: Trillions with the "T? Whoa! I
2: know. Totally bananas. And since they're so far away, the light from those stars takes years and years to travel through space and reach our eyeballs.
0: Double bananas.
2: But there's one star we're very familiar with that's only a few millions of miles away. So pretty close, cosmically speaking. The sun. Right. Our sun is the closest star to us here on Earth.
0: So far, yet so close.
2: And stars can shine for millions, even Billions of years, but they can't shine forever.
0: Yeah, at some point they retire, settle down, and really get to enjoy their hobbies. They can finally start learning to crochet. No, not quite.
2: Oh, right. Eventually, stars run out of fuel and burn through all that gas, slowly fading away. This process can take a really, really, really long time, and it all depends on how much mass a star has.
0: Mass is the amount of stuff something contains, like all that gas.
2: Exactly. And all that stuff, that mass, is creating pressure that pushes out against gravity. It's kind of like a pressure-filled arm wrestle. On one team, you've got the star and all its mass pushing outwards. I am mighty, and I will not be crushed by gravity. Watch me flex
0: outward. See? And then there's Team Gravity trying to push all that mass inwards.
1: Ah, star, try as you might, you cannot escape me, gravity. But go ahead,
2: I like a challenge. And so as that star is burning through its fuel, it starts to lose that pressure that's pushing out. (sighs) Whew! All this burning and shining, it's exhausting. I mean, I'm running out of steam here.
0: And before you know it, gravity starts to take over the star.
1: Don't feel bad, star. Gravity always wins.
2: But hey, you did your best.
1: Let's hug it out. Come into my all-encompassing, crushing grip.
2: Oh, oh, wow. I'm being crushed, but it's surprisingly comforting. You are good at hugs, gravity. I know. The star's core collapses, and in a fraction of a second, that creates a big reaction.
0: Boom! Psh, the star explodes.
2: And that explosion is called a supernova.
0: Or supernovae, when there's more than one. Or you can call them supernovas.
2: Either works. And a star can only create a supernova if it has a lot of mass. We're talking way more mass than our sun.
0: Now that's massive.
2: And that's our stellar recap.
1: Oh, wow. This is amazing.
0: Hey, it's our pal Mark Sanchez with a very large book.
2: Yeah, speaking of massive,
0: that's a lot of pages. What's that, Mark?
1: Oh, hey, hey, Molly. Hey, Uma. Check it out. Yeah, I ordered this super cool book from AncestStars.com. It traces my family history all the way back to the stars.
2: Which stars? Charlie Chaplin? Captain Hook? Arthur Fry, inventor of the post-it note?
0: Not that kind of star, Molly. The kind up in space.
2: Wait, you're related to space stars? Dude, we all are. Check this
1: out. Okay, this is me.
0: Aw, that's a cute baby picture. Look at your little bonnet.
1: And here's my parents and my grandparents, my great-grandparents.
2: Oh, look. Two million years ago, the beginning of the human family tree. And 65 million years ago, the beginning of mammals. Whoa, this goes really far back.
1: Yeah, and when you go all the way back.
0: Whoa, it's a picture of a star, an exploding star, an exploding star that shoots out all kinds of stuff into the galaxy.
2: Yeah, we just talked about how really big stars can run out of fuel and suddenly collapse thanks to gravity.
0: And when that happens, ka-boom! Right,
1: ka-boom! But get this. When stars are still burning, they create all kinds of important materials in their big starry bellies. Stuff like iron, calcium, and silicon. All things that are created through lots of heat and pressure.
2: Cool. Stars are stuff factories. They are pretty and functional.
1: Totally. They cook these materials for millions and millions of years. And when they finally explode, all that important star stuff gets flung out into space like confetti. (laughs)
0: So like a piñata?
1: Yeah. Stars are space piñatas. I love it. And then over millions of years, that star confetti can eventually squish together to create its own gravitational field. And that helps to form new stars or even a planet like
0: Earth. So Earth is made of star confetti?
1: Yep. And if a planet is really lucky, it might have the right combination of star confetti in it for simple organisms to form then those organisms might evolve and create more complex living things. And then those evolve into other things and so on and so on until you get things like bacteria and moss and dinosaurs and mammals and me, Mark, super duper, extra great, 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 grandson to a star. Wow.
2: You're made of star stuff, Mark. That
1: explains my awesomeness.
0: (laughs) And modesty.
1: Oh, no, it's, it's not just me. It's all of us. We're all made of star stuff.
0: Whoa, I think I'm starstruck.
2: Me too. Let's take a quick break to refuel. We're working on an episode about telekinesis, that's the word used to describe the superpower of moving things with your mind. If you had this superpower, what
0: would you use it for? What about you, Uma? Um, I would use it for cleaning up my room without getting off the couch every day.
2: <laughs> nice. So you can do some multitasking. You can, you know, keep watching TV while cleaning your
0: room. Yeah.
2: Listeners, you can send a recording of your answer to us at brainson.org/contact. While you're there, you can also send us mystery sounds, drawings,
0: and questions. Like this one. Hi, my name is Joseph from Indianapolis, Indiana. My question is, why do hot sauce make your nose run?
2: You can hear an answer to that question by listening to the Moment of Um podcast. That's our new bite-sized daily podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to Brains On.
0: Just search for Moment of Um and keep listening. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Uma.
2: And I'm Molly. We've been talking a lot about stellar explosions, but are you ready for a sonic boom? It's time for the... mystery sound. Here it is. Uma, what are your thoughts?
0: I think it sounds like somebody stapling a piece of paper and like while in a car. Mm, yeah, there was a lot of noise,
2: wasn't there? Yeah. Well, it's very good listening. We're going to have another chance to guess and we'll hear the answer after the credits at the end of the show. Brains on. Okay, so we've been talking about how super awesome supernovas are.
0: Yeah. Massive stars exploding, galactic-tastic.
2: And without supernovas, we wouldn't be here. All that explosive pressure and heat created the elements that make up everything we know.
0: Our galaxy, planet Earth, your house, your shoes, your favorite book, you, we are all made up of stardust. So it's pretty important to understand how supernovae work. And even though we understand
2: a lot of the incredible things supernovas do, they're still pretty mysterious.
0: Right. Like, do we even know when a star is about to explode? Do they come with countdown timers?
2: No. It's super rare for astronomers to witness a supernova in real time, let alone predict when a star will go supernova. Instead, they use big telescopes that scan the skies for new supernovas, stars that have already exploded. And we talked to someone who does just that.
4: Hi, my name is Wyn jacobson Galan. I am a graduate student at UC Berkeley, and I study stellar explosions.
0: Also known as supernovas.
4: I think my job is like a, it's a two-part process. But one would be like a stellar mortician. A mortician is someone who works with dead bodies. But in Wynn's case, it's dead stars. I'm kind of digging through the graveyards of stellar death because I'm looking out I'm finding supernovae, but supernovae are technically the deaths of stars. So I'm always looking at stellar death. And then I'm trying to link it back in a detective sense or in a forensic sense. So as as another part-time job would be a star detective or a forensicist who's using clues about the death that I witnessed, this supernova, this explosion, to then kind of put the pieces back together to say, okay, this star exploded this way and it produced this supernova.
0: Wow, a part-time grad student, stellar mortician, and star detective?
2: A total triple threat. And since it's super rare for astronomers to catch a star before it goes supernova, Wynn's research starts with the
4: explosion, and then he works backwards
2: to try and figure out why that star exploded in the first
4: place. The way I go about studying this is I do it indirectly, so I look at the supernova that results, and then I try to wind back you know, the cosmic clock, and try to make some predictions about what star produced that supernovae, kind of digging up information as I can without seeing the star itself before it exploded.
0: Wind relies on telescopes to search for any big changes in the stars.
2: And there was one case in particular that was very mysterious.
0: It all started with a strange glow.
2: It was the summer of 2020, and Wynn was working with this giant, super powerful telescope that scans the sky every night. It observes on its own and takes pictures of as much of the sky as possible.
4: So this telescope's doing this thing every night. It's doing its job very well. And in the summer of 2020, it observed something a little peculiar. It observed a bright-ish source in a galaxy pretty far away at 120 million light-years. So, pretty far. That's trillions and trillions of miles away. So it's in this distant galaxy. It sees this kind of luminous-ish source, so pretty bright. And it wasn't there the night before. It wasn't there years before. But just in the summer, it kept observing this luminous radiation, which we weren't quite sure what it was.
0: Hmm, so a mysterious glow in a faraway galaxy just appears out of thin air? Very interesting. What say you, Bloom? Agreed.
2: Very strange. But to Wynn and the other researchers, this glow was nothing to write home about. I mean, this was no supernova, just some strange glow.
4: And we didn't think much of it. There's a lot of other explosions going on, you know, we can't be concerned about some possible source in some faraway galaxy.
0: So the researchers went about things as usual, but the telescope was still watching, and day after day, the glow continued. That is, until...
4: And then, after 130 days or so, a supernova appears. And we saw the supernova, and that supernova happened to be at the exact same location as this luminous point of radiation. And... We didn't quite put two and two together. Um, We were just excited about the new supernova.
0: Good golly, Molly. A supernova. So they just happened to see this star explode by chance?
4: Yeah, it
2: was a big coincidence.
4: We got really excited about it, and we observed it um, with other telescopes around the world. And it was this type of supernova that we knew came from the explosion of a very massive star called a red supergiant.
0: Red supergiant? What's that?
4: Red supergiants are these really puffed up, kind of cool, but uh, still very hot massive stars, 10, 15, 20 times as massive as our sun. And they are really nice uh, stars to produce supernovae because they are massive. They'll burn all their elements in their core and they'll collapse and produce supernovae.
2: Right. And up until that point, scientists knew these red supergiants would explode, but they would be fairly quiet before then.
4: They're kind of timid before they explode. They're not doing too much to, to give off a lot of light. They're not doing a lot to maybe uh, eject material. Um, they're not throwing off a lot of gas before they explode. And the really cool thing was putting the two pieces together.
0: Okay, we've got two clues here, a strange glow and a supernova, all in the same spot. But what does it mean?
4: We concluded, okay, this supernova, it came from the collapse of a red supergiant star. So that's what we know. So then if I know that about the supernova, and I think that the star was a red supergiant, then maybe what I saw before the supernova at the same location is actually the red supergiant itself producing this bright luminosity or radiation that we've never seen a red supergiant produce before going supernova.
0: Star detective hard at work. Right. And this was
2: super exciting.
4: From my point of view, it's really cool because we'd never seen this before. You know, we know that red supergiants produce these, these explosions. We never detected one before it exploded. Um, so that's a first. And then now we get to go out and try to find more events like this.
2: Wynn and his team now might have a clue they can look for to find a star before it explodes, which means they might be able to watch more stars go supernova and learn from them.
0: Yep. And just like that the case of the mysterious glow is closed.
2: Well, sort of. This is really the beginning to understanding more how supernovas work and what stars do right before their very end. There's so much more to be discovered. So
0: you're saying there's more mysteries to be uncovered? Tons. Phew, I was really worried when would be out of business. Thank my lucky stars. Stars die when they run out of fuel
2: If a star has a lot of mass, this results in an explosion called a supernova
0: Supernovas create so much pressure and heat, they can make elements and throw them into space
2: And over millions and millions of years, these cycles of supernovae produce the materials that make up our galaxy, our planet, and even us humans
0: So in a way, we're all made of stardust
2: that's it for this episode of Brains On.
0: It was produced by Molly Bloom, Ruby Guthrie, Mark Sanchez, Sandin Totten, and Manika Wilhelm.
2: Our stellar fellow is Anna Goldfield, and our executive producer is Beth Perlman. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Lily Kim, Joanne Griffith, and Alex Schaffert. Rachel Breeze sound designed this episode. We had engineering help from Johnny Vince Evans. Special thanks to Svea Gorangatu, Zubu Katamori, Tova Ralph, and Ja Wu. We also want to give a super-duper extra-special thanks to our dear friend and colleague, Manika Wilhelm. Manica is off to other adventures in the world of science. She's now going to share her many talents with the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Manica's smarts, humor, sunshine, resilience, and kindness are now baked into the DNA of our show, and we're going to miss her very, very much. Lucky for us, there are now 100 episodes of our show that she's helped to make, and her sparkling voice is in many of them.
0: Crystal,
2: we love you, Manica.
0: Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program.
2: There are lots of ways you can support the show. You can donate, buy our
0: books, or tell your friends about us. Head to brainson.org to find the links to donate and order the books.
2: Now, before we go, let's go back to that mystery sound. Here it is again. thoughts, Uma?
0: Um well I still think it's somebody stapling papers but maybe that like sound in the background is like a fan. Mm. So
2: there's stapling papers in front of a fan cuz it's hard work to staple. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You ready for the answer? Yeah. Here it is.
0: Hi, this is Venus and Molly from Maryland. That was the sound of our mom cracking peanuts to feed birds.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that cracking sound, I can totally see why you think that would be a stapler. Yeah. It makes a very similar sound, but that was the sound of the shells cracking open.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Have you ever cracked open a peanut before?
0: Uh, Yeah.
2: It's kind of fun. Yeah. If you have a mystery sound you want to share with us, you can do that at slash contact. Everyone who sends a question, idea, mystery sound, drawing, or high five gets added to the Brains Honor Roll. Here's the most recent group of listeners to be added. Park from South Korea, Mina from Brooklyn, New York, Miriam from Teaneck, New Jersey, Elliot and Louise from Atlanta, Aurora from London, England, Lila from Haleiwa, Hawaii, Angelica from Hemet, California, Max and Rachel from Villanova, Pennsylvania, Marin and Emmett from Reno, Nevada, Akule, Emile, Amani, and Leon from Tuane, South Africa, Bentley from Santa Fe, Texas, Anata from Silver Spring, Maryland, Everly from Waterdown, Ontario, Riley from Annandale, Virginia, Zoe from Las Piedras, Puerto Rico, Stella from Boston, Sophia from Michigan, Eli from Moraga, California, Connor from Springwood, Australia, Australia, Chloe from Sydney, Australia, Jacinta from Albany, Australia, Rahi from Mercer Island, Washington, Kieran from Egan, Minnesota, Lucia from San Juan Capistrano, California, Luke from Australia, Oliver from Kanes, Lithuania, Kieran and Rohan from Oldsmar, Florida, Annabelle and Caleb from Winchester, Massachusetts, Zoe from Portland, Oregon, Ezra and Lucy from San Jose, California, Niamh from St. Vincent de Terros, France, Jonah from Northampton, England, Oliver Avery and Sunday from Vista, California, Sonia from Bedford, New Hampshire, Jaden from Lake Tahoe, Nevada, Anastasia from Brunswick, Maine, Raphael from Alexandria, Virginia, Jordan from Sunshine Coast, Australia, Zoe from Long Beach, California, Karsaya and Ethan from Wacheka, New Zealand, Celeste from Northfield, Minnesota, Joey from Cheshire, United Kingdom, Ellie from Columbia, Missouri, Taishu from the Northwest Territories, Canada, Aya and Ian from Kansas City, Missouri, Rowan from Wyoming, Minnesota, Finn, Ivor, and Olin from Sammamish, Washington, Eli from Irvine, California, Beckett from Calgary, Alberta, Julia from San Diego, Sophie and Levi from Carolina Beach, North Carolina, Amelia from Chicago, Tyler from Dallas, Jack. Jackson from Middletown, Connecticut, Whitman and Jack from Fayetteville, Arkansas, Lilica from Santa Barbara, California, Lev from Palo Alto, California, Caden and Devon from Port Washington, Wisconsin, Madeline and Alexis from North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Zach from Canberra, Australia, Franklin from Tasmania, Australia, Sella, Adam and Selma from Jordan, Juliana and Elena from Manassas, Virginia, Vivian from Silva, North Carolina, RJ from Rockway Park, New York, and Lila and Iris from Overland Park, Kansas. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.